welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 14th of April 2013, entitled Deliver Us From Evil, and the Bible reading is taken from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Just before we read our passage for this evening, of course, if you were here this morning, I got to preach on something I love to preach on this morning, and that's the Word of God, the centrality of the Word of God in everything that we do. Of course, in our series, we've been going for a year on the church, and I made a statement this morning that uh, uh, I honestly believe that I can back up from the Word of God that any church that is not centered around the Word of God and everything that it is and everything that it does, when the Word of God is not central to their times of worship and every, every activity that they have going on, then folks, it might be a church, but it's not a New Testament church. And of course, we talked about a lot of things and the importance of that and, and the reality, of course, we have an enemy that wants to destroy us. God wants to build us up. Uh, and of course, it takes the Word of God to save us. That's the only way uh, in believing the truth of the gospel that we can come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. But that's the beginning. It takes the Word of God to grow and to mature and to be strong and, and to stand against the, the enemy. And of course, tonight, if you would, just just I promise, a short sermon, a short sermonette, we'll call it, okay? Uh, just to kind of dovetail in behind that this morning with the, uh, uh, the centrality of God's Word in, in, in the church and in our lives. But really, you know, the thing that needs to go right hand in hand with that is prayer. Uh, we communicate with God through prayer. He communicates with us through, uh, through the Word of God. And of course, here in Matthew chapter 6 is where we find what some would call the Lord's Prayer. I prefer to call the model prayer. I think that you'll find the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that He prayed, uh, recorded uh, later uh, in the uh, Gospel of John over, uh, and as He begins to pray for us there in, in, uh, in John chapter 16 and whatnot. But I think that uh, I think that here we find the, the model prayer. The Lord is teaching them how uh, to, uh, to pray. Uh, and in Matthew chapter 6, I'd like to read just uh, uh, the words to that. Uh, if, uh, if you'd like to stand to honor the reading of God's holy word this evening, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Father, we thank you this evening that we have this freedom, the privilege, uh, the opportunity to be able to come together in your house this evening I thank you for each one that is here this evening. We thank you most of all that we know that you're here with us. We have it's your word before us and your spirit within us. Lord, you know the hearts of every individual. We pray now, Lord, uh, Lord, that you would take and, and, and speak to each heart as only you can. Meet the needs of each individual. Help us to be responsive to that which you speak to us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. I really want to draw your attention in to that one thing because we... Again, we're talking about the fact that, you know, most Christians just really underrate our enemy on the one hand. We have nothing to fear, folks. Uh, we don't have to be afraid of Satan because the victory has already been won in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
but the problem is, is that too many Christians are trying to fight Satan and his temptations and, and all the things that he brings against them in the flesh, in their own power, in their own, maybe their good intentions and all of these things, but in reality, it's the Lord's power uh, that we need to, to stand in. I'll draw your attention to verse 13 here when the Lord in his model of prayer says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. The only way we can pray to God and know that he's going to answer is because that it is his kingdom and it is his power. And that's what's going to, to deliver us. And of course, there are many aspects of this prayer, but they're where that uh, uh, he says, deliver us from evil. Uh, the word evil there in the, in the, in the original as this is, is, is given to us is known as what is a, a, a nominative case. In other words, what it's really saying there is it normally denotes a specific one. It, it denotes uh, a, a, a title of someone. Uh, and so in actual fact, you could say deliver us from the evil. It's, it's like putting a capital lever. It's a sp specific one. And, and so probably what Christ is referring to here is to deliver us from the evil one, from Satan himself. But of course, that evil that the, that the evil one is responsible for comes to us in all kinds of directions in our lives. A lot of times we give the devil credit for a whole lot of things that is just purely and simple, our flesh, our carnality. Uh, but the truth is, is, is that it is the evil one that is behind the evil. It is because of sin in the first place there in the garden when that temptation came and was given into that that sin is then passed down to us and we have a natural um, desire. <laughs> Sometimes we hate to admit that, but in the flesh we have a natural desire to sin. There are things that, that make us happy in the flesh. Uh, and just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you can't still enjoy some of those things. The truth is, friends, is... But as long as you're in this flesh, now I'm looking for the day. Uh, we, we, we talked about that, that trumpet sound when it comes. Uh, and I'm looking for the day when that trumpet sound comes. And we will hear that trumpet sound. Uh, but for the time being, we're still stuck with these bodies that, that are sinful. Uh, and thank God that we've been saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. But... Uh, but we need to recognize the evilness that is within each and every one of us. Um, I started to look up, and I didn't get finished counting. I'm not sure if there's any in, in Revelation or not. I know that I think that it's from just from Matthew to Jude that there's, there was over 130 times that this word evil is used in the Bible. Uh, the Bible has much to say about this subject. And so what I want to do this evening is I just want to give you five, five things. Uh, deliver us from evil. If we're praying to God to deliver us from, from, from Satan and all of his tactics and all of his, his, his tricks that he would bring against us, you know, what are some of the things that we need to recognize that, that Satan might be using? What are the tools in his arsenal? Uh, you know, if we recognize and know our enemy, any battle uh, anywhere, the more that you know about your enemy, the better chance you have of defeating that enemy. Well, I wonder if you turn just uh, in the same chapter, just uh, a little bit further down here in chapter 6, uh, we find in verse 23, we find these words. He says, but if thine eye be what? Evil. Thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great 
is that darkness. If thine eye be evil. You see, one of the evils that we need to be delivered from is evil sight. Evil sight. If your eye be evil, the whole body is going to be full of that darkness. When that evil comes in through the eye socket, he goes in to the whole body. We find that John Gill says this in commenting on this verse. He says, if thou art of a sordid disposition of an avaricious temper, they liked using those adjectives back in those days, amen. They just paint a picture for you. If the sin of covetousness prevails over thee, thy whole body will be full of darkness. Thy judgment will be so influenced by that sordid principle that thou wilt not be able to discern what is agreeable to the law of God or what is fitting to be done for thyself, for God, or for thy fellow creatures. All the powers and faculties of thy soul will be enslaved by it and all by intent upon and employed in the gratification of it. Thy mind will be always sad and sorrowful, harassed and distressed. And thy estate and condition will be most miserable and uncomfortable. It's interesting here because, you know, he's speaking of just, just one of those emotions, this thing of, of anger, of not being able to control our temper, of, of how that we react for some worse. But whereas if, if because of something that we see that brings this, this sin within us, how that it affects our whole disposition, everything about us and all that we do, but that same thing could be applied. We find that the Bible has much to say about that lust of the flesh. Now, many times we, I guess, compare and relate that to just sex sins. That's not the only lust that our flesh has. That one's bad. <laughs> but the simple truth is, is that our flesh can have all kind of ungodly desires. And the thing is, is that, you know, we know, I've, I'll use this illustration. I certainly would not call any names. But I would say that, that over the years, uh, you know, as a pastor, uh, you have to deal with many people about many different struggles, and, and a lot of people are genuine. And, of course, uh, I, I certainly remind you here at Bethel many, many times that James was giving us some very, very good advice. You know, we, we come together here on Wednesday evening, which we have less people than any of the other services, for a prayer meeting, a time of coming together, a time when we can share our hearts with one another. And, you know, James tells us something that is very interesting because James tells us that in those times of being together, he said, confess your faults one to another. Well, the problem is, is that most of us, number one, have so much pride that we couldn't dare admit that there was something wrong, that we were actually having a struggle with something. And the other thing is, is that we'll see some of these things that others can be so judgmental that we don't have the freedom to be able to confess our faults because of what others might think of us. You know what he goes on to, to discuss there is he talks about the, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availing much when we confess our faults one for another and pray one for another. You know, so the simple truth is, is that when we've got something that's hard for us, that we're really struggling with, you know, we ought, we ought to be such as a church family, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we ought to be so close that we can come and say, look, 
The devil's really hitting me in this area. I'm really struggling with this thing. I do want to overcome it. Please help me pray for it. Help me pray about this. Help me to take it to the Lord. The truth is, is that we do need the Lord to deliver us from evil. We need to be able to pray to one another. Now, some, some people have come because they're struggling with a certain thing. You know, it's kind of, it's not the smartest thing in the world. If you're struggling with alcohol, it's not the smartest thing in the world to go spend your Friday and Saturday evenings down at the local. You know, that's kind of a dumb place to go if you know that the devil's attacking you in a certain place. I have people that struggle with pornography. They can't, you know, stop. And I'm, and I'm saying, well, why do you keep going in that same shop even though they're on the top shelf there? Why do you go in that same place where it's displayed and you know that you're going to have a problem there? Sometimes we want God to work the miraculous for us, but we don't want to do anything. I'm saying we need to recognize, we need, we need to pray for God to deliver us from the evil one. And one of the things, one of the evils that we need to be delivered from is evil sight. We know that the devil will use that. We know that he'll bring that sin in and he'll bring darkness all through us and he'll, he'll affect our whole disposition and our, our whole Christian attitude and all these things about us. We need to be delivered from that. Yes, we need to be praying to the Lord to help us with it. But at the same time, we need to recognize that, you know, if we're asking God to help us, to deliver us from something, you know, even Jesus, when Satan was tempting him there, you know, and he was right there on the pinnacle, well, just go ahead and jump off, you know. You know, your God's so great, he'll take care of you. Of course, Jesus wouldn't be tricked, wouldn't be tempted. He told us very clearly, you know, you don't tempt the Lord. You don't do things that are stupid just to say, oh, God's going to take care of it. But you see, we can go to God. Jesus taught us that we should go to God and pray for him to deliver us from evil. And he goes to the trouble to spell out all through the Bible much of the evil that we need to worry about. And one of them is evil sight. But there's a second one that we find in the book of Ephesians. Not only not only do we need to be delivered from evil sight, but may I say secondly, we need to be delivered from evil speech. He says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32, he says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor. Anybody ever experienced any of those things? <laughs> you ever, you know, felt bitter towards somebody because they'd mistreated you, they'd done you wrong. It just wasn't fair. You know, that was one of the, one of the toughest things, you know, I guess many times with, with six children growing up, <laughs> you know, one, one of the things, you know, is, 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 is during some of these uh, discussions uh, when the, the, the child was being uh, uh, lovingly corrected, uh, you know, sometimes one of the things that come back, well, that's just not fair. It wasn't really me. It was my brother that did it or something, you know, just like Adam. You know, it wasn't really me. It was Eve that did it, you know. But uh, the simple truth is, is that life isn't fair. But oftentimes we begin to feel bitterness and wrath and, and, and anger, and it, and it takes us over. But notice what comes. He says, and evil speaking. Evil speaking. Be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Who deserved to be forgiven by God? None of us deserve to be forgiven. And we look, and, and we just cannot 
get our minds and our heads around this, a lot of times we stop to consider when Jesus Christ actually went to the cross to die for us. You know, just what it was that we'd, you see, if we could even get a glimpse, and you've heard me, I, I, I've tried to absolutely no success whatsoever to even get myself, let alone you, to understand just how horrible sin is to a holy God. You know, we can't get our minds around that. Why? Sin is a part of our lives. Sin is a part of who we are. We're so accustomed to it. We're so used to it. And it's hard for us to grasp, you know, one sin. Disobedience brought death into this whole world. I mean, there was even no such thing as death. There's only one place that sin can take us, and that is death. The wages of sin is death. That's the only place it can go. That's why that for God to allow us into heaven, all sin, not, that, not even a spot of sin, not a speck of sin. Doesn't matter how good our intentions are. Doesn't matter how good we've been. People don't understand because they look around and sometimes they see these people that actually live better, moral, good, outstanding lives, better than some of these Christians that claim they're going to heaven because they've been forgiven. Sadly, that could be the case sometimes. The truth is that God can't let even one sin, the sin has to be dealt with. It can only be dealt with by Christ. He's showing us here, you know, emotions are a part of our lives. You know, we can't help but get angry sometimes. Of course, the Bible talks about being angry but sin not. It's all the things that we allow to come from it when it, when it can't be controlled. And he's showing here all, all, this, all this malice and bitterness and anger and the natural thing for us is, man, we just start spouting out the evil words. We just start talking about how low down that person is and how this is so bad and that's so bad. He says we need to be delivered from evil speaking. And he talks about then, oh, speaking with sweetness and tenderheartedness. But he's not talking about to those that we think are so precious. He's talking about those that we think the worst of. You know, why did Christ forgive you? Why did Christ act towards you like, like he did? Deliver us from evil. Oh, we need to pray that. But we need to pray. That evil one is attacking us from all sides. We need to be delivered from evil sight. Think about the way Jesus dealt with his own disciples. You know, when Peter, Peter was so sure of himself, and he was so certain. You know, I, I believe he was sincere to the very depths of his heart when, when Jesus started talking about them forsaking him. When Jesus said to Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me. Oh, no way, no way, Lord. I mean, the rest of them might do it, but I would never do such a thing. There's no way I would deny you, Peter. Before that cock crows three times, you're going to deny me. You know, one of the interesting things I find in Scripture, Brother Steve, of course, that came true. We find Peter in his progression and further and further down the tube to where, you know, here he is cursing and swearing, you know, that no way in the world did he know that Jesus. And, you know, even then, Jesus didn't say a word to him. Jesus just looked over at him, and Peter broke. Peter wept. Peter knew what he had done. You know, he didn't plan that. 
As a matter of fact, he thought there was no way in the world nothing could make him deny Jesus because he, he loved Jesus so much. You know what we do? Find Jesus asking him next. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? <laughs> Peter, do you love me? He didn't scold him for what he did. He didn't tell him off because he denied him. Peter, do you love me? You see, that's, that's the attitude that, that we need to foster. That's what only the Christ within us can do. Yes, we need to pray, Father, deliver us from evil. But we need to be aware. We need to be aware. We need to be aware that evil can come in the form of evil sight and evil speech. Titus chapter 3 verse 2 says to speak evil of no man. <laughs> wow. I mean, you stop and think about that. Speak evil of no man. To be no brawlers, but gentle. Showing all meekness unto who? Unto all men. Folks, the simple truth is, is that you know, Jesus Christ died for the worst, the lowest. We've all heard it time and time again. I mean, how, how can you muster up the kind of love that after being mocked and treated and beaten and dying the most humiliating death in the world and, and yet to hang there and to feel such compassion for those doing it to you to pray, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. You know, the thing is, is we do need to be delivered from evil, from evil sight, from evil speech. And I know none of you would ever do this, but also from evil scheming. <laughs> evil scheming. What do you mean? Well, Romans chapter 3, verse 8 says this, And not rather, as we be slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, let us do evil that good may come, whose damnation is just. Let us do evil that good may come. We, we live in a society that really, really does believe somehow they've got themselves convinced that the end justifies the means. Doesn't matter what you do to get there, it's how it gets there. The Bible has quite a lot to say about that. And, 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 and basically what he's saying here is, you know, is that, you know, the simple truth is, is that we've got no excuse, you know, to ever do evil. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. said, it's never right to do wrong in order to do right. <laughs> That's just a simple way of putting it. It's never right to do wrong in order to do right. You know, there's just, there is no excuse. Uh, and of course, you know, we find Paul when writing to the, to the Romans and he's talking about, you know, his you know, is, 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 is this an excuse that we can somehow, you know, uh, prove how big God's grace is, is because that we can sin and because God forgives us and Paul uses this word, God forbid. I mean, in the strongest exclamation, how could we even think such a thing? To sin so that God's grace might abound? The Bible talks here of doing evil because it justifies doing it in the good. I mean, that could be in little things, you know, like, you know, we all know it's wrong to tell those big stinker lies, but 
somehow a little white life somehow, just because it's going to bring some good, that's not so bad. Uh, we can rationalize all kinds of things that, you know, well, I know that this may not be the usual case, but if we do this, something good is going to come from it. Um, you know, that's really what it is, is our old carnal nature's scheming, <laughs> scheming that it might do evil, deliver us from evil, evil sight, evil speech, evil scheming. Fourthly, evil suggestions. What do you mean? Well, you know, something can be suggestive without actually being there. Well, First Thessalonians 5.22 says, abstain from all appearance of evil. Abstain from even the suggestion of evil. Abstain from anything. You know, that means that we're to stay away from things that look wrong. If it appears to be evil, then it's wrong for the Christian. If it's even the suggestion of evil, stay away. Now, in some cases, it may appear wrong to you. You know, you can look at something and you can think, well, you know, it's like, you know, I've, I've honestly, you know, I guess in, in, in a lot of ways, we still got a ways to go before we get there, but one of our, one of our places that we'll be going in our series on, on contending for the faith is, is going to be separation. And, of course, separation covered lots of different things in our lives. But I guess, you know, one of the things that, that, that oftentimes, you know, people say, well, what's right and what's wrong? You know, I mean... You know, what's, what's, what's modest with the skirt? Should it be here or here or here or here? You know, it's kind of like some things you can look at and you say, whoa, I know that's not right. <laughs> Other things you can look at and you say, I know that that's good. But what about all that in between? When is it right? You know, guys, girls, I'm not picking on you girls, but, you know, I guess, I guess a lot of times you know that uh, the females have to be more careful because the guys are more evil. <laughs> that's, that's what it comes down to. Uh, and, and, and guys have evil thoughts and things, you know, well, well, how low should my neckline be? Well, you know, only thing I could, I've, I've said many, many times, if when you look in the mirror, whether it's a neckline or a skirt, and guys, whether it's those tight jeans that you've been poured into or those shorty shorts that, that uh, you know, you're not sure if it's shorts or underwear, what's he got on there, you know, if, if you have to look in the mirror and wonder, I wonder if that's too short, I wonder if that's too, I wonder if that's too tight. If you're having to ask yourself, it probably is. <laughs> If you're having to wonder if it possibly is, it probably is. Because you're getting so close that you have to begin to question, you know, as a Christian, you shouldn't have to question whether it's right or whether, if it's even suggestive of evil. And the Bible says we should stay away from it. It shouldn't be a, a, a part of us. But, you know, there's something else to consider. The Bible doesn't say the appearance of evil to the Christian or just the appearance of evil to you. Abstain from, what's that next word? A, L, L, is that, what, is that what's in your Bible? <laughs> Abstain from all appearance of evil? What if you know that it's okay, but it appears evil to somebody else? You know, I've shared with some of you before a testimony of my own. You know, I guess that, uh, you know, again, uh, I've, been, I've got all kind of material together. One, one of the things that I want to cover one time, there's just too many things to cover in the Bible and not enough life to do it in. But 
But of course, many Christians have many questions when it comes to the whole matter of strong drink and alcohol and all these things in, in, in relation to a Christian. And, and you can find Christians right across the spectrum of what they believe on those things. And of course, you know, I, I came from, from teetotal, total abstinence upbringing till I became a, a, a wise young man that, uh, uh, that, uh, uh, that began to feel that alcohol could be a part of his life and I could go into a lot of things, but then even, even coming back to the point where it stayed. And there was one verse in the Bible that when it really came alive to me, <laughs> I, I, I can honestly, honestly tell you that I never, ever, ever wanted another drink of alcohol after that. And it was a simple verse, Brother Steve, in Romans 14, 21, because it really didn't come down to whether I figured out whether it was wrong for me. The Bible said in Romans 14, 21, for it is good neither to eat flesh nor drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. <laughs> um, Whoa, you know, I can argue till I'm blue in the face that it's okay for me. You can't look around this world and deny that it's evil, that it breaks up homes, that it just destroys people's lives. And even if I could somehow handle it, why would I as a Christian, why would I want to have any kind of a relation to something like that that is so evil, that is so destructive in this world? So people can argue themselves to the blue in the face. You see, the simple fact is, I saw, well, you know, even if I thought that I could, and, and in truth is, that's not admitting the weaknesses of your own flesh because you don't know, just like Peter didn't, you don't know what you're capable of at the right time and the right moment. It might be one glass of wine with your meal at this time, but what about when you're all depressed and you're down and your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, everybody's turned against you and suddenly that one turns into two or three. I'm saying, you know, life could be full of things. You're playing with fire, you're going to get burned. But the truth is, is that even if I did foolishly think that I could always handle it, nobody can be honest and believe that everybody in the world can handle it. And if it's something that can cause somebody else to stumble, somebody else to be weak, then even if by God's grace it's okay for me, I ought to be able, I ought to be willing to say, well, you know, even the appearance of evil, even if it could hurt somebody else, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I should I should be willing, even though I know that I could do that, I could eat that, I could drink that, I could do this, I could do this thing, and I know that I'm all right with God, but it might be a weaker brother that's going to stumble with that thing. I ought to be willing to do away with it in my life. You see, we need to be praying, deliver us from evil. Evil sight. Evil speech. Evil scheming. Evil suggestions, even the suggestion of evil. And I want to give you this last one. Evil surmisings. I didn't have to make that up. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 4 says, He is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, and notice the next two words, Evil surmisings. Evil surmisings. What in the world is that talking about? Well, when you surmise something, you're coming up, you're coming up with an opinion about something. And you see, the simple thing is, is that you're forming sometimes wrong opinions is what he's talking about. Evil surmisings. Coming up with, with wrong opinions because so many times. And we're just so suspicious. We see somebody, and, and they might be trying to do their best, and they mess up, and they get it wrong. 
We figure they plan to get it wrong all along. You know, we look around and because of it's so quick and so easy to criticize somebody else for what they're doing or what they're not doing. Well, you know, this really ties in with that evil speech that we talked about a while ago about speaking no evil. But this kind of goes a step further because not only is it evil to speak that evil about people, it's evil to think that wrong about people. Why do we always think the worst? These evil surmisings, these evil opinions. You know, why can't we just give somebody the benefit of the doubt? The truth is, is that if they get it wrong, then they need help anyway. It's easy for us to imagine things sometimes that are simply not true of others. We think they've done it for this reason or that reason. Well, you know, I've simply always said this, and you, can, you might figure it's a weakness, but that's okay. I'm weak in other areas too if you want to know about it. But, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather think too much of somebody than too little of somebody. I'd rather get it wrong by thinking that they really meant to do better than to think that they were something worse. You know, it's just like so many times we, we get caught and there's so many scams in this world. And people come along wanting this and wanting that. and We don't know sometimes. I mean, I get so many emails from, from quote-unquote mission projects all around the world. They find our church on the website. They find my address on the website. And guess what? I get, you know, <laughs> I won't tell you how many emails. <laughs> and this, the problem is, is that, you know, some of those might be legitimate Christians, genuinely seeking Christian fellowship, prayer, Maybe even some financial support. But a whole lot of them are just scams too because they've learned that Christians sometimes can be a soft target. If we think those Christians, well, if they think we want to buy Bibles, they'll send us some. Sometimes they actually just want you to send them the Bibles because that sounds so legit. All they're wanting to do is sell them off and get the money for them. You know, the truth is, is I wish, you know, that there was some way sometimes of telling the good from the bad and the genuine from the artificial. The simple truth is, is that most of them I just have to reply and say, look, I'm sorry, I, I don't know you. And I get so many requests, and I'm not saying that, that you're evil or that you're trying to, to do something wrong, but I have no way of knowing that, and I have a responsibility, you know. Truth is, is that in day-to-day -day life, often when we're dealing with people, you know, we may think someone is insincere when they're not. It's, it's easy, easy for us not just to speak evil. It's easy for us to think evil, evil surmisings, evil opinions of others. And the Bible is warning us about that. God's the one that's calling it evil. He says that it's possible to think the wrong, bad kind of opinions of, of others. And I just want to encourage you this evening that, you know, try not to think the worst of somebody Think the best of them. You know, even if it ends up costing you a little bit, you know, I'd, I'd rather give somebody something that they didn't really need than to not give somebody something that they did really need. I don't want to think the worst of, 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 of people when, when, I'm, when I'm dealing with them. There's enough of that in the world that, that is out there. Uh, but let me just encourage you that, uh, uh, you know, Jesus taught us to pray 
to pray to the Father to deliver us from evil. And these are only just a, just a few examples of that evil that he's talking about there. Evil sight, evil speech, evil scheming, evil suggestions, and evil surmisings. But you know, the evil one is out to get you any way that he can. These are just examples. Beware of him. Remember this morning, let the word of God be central to everything. Feed upon him. Get the strength from him. And be a person of prayer. You know, you'll never, ever, ever be a strong Christian without prayer, without the word of God. I don't care how good you think you are. You'll falter. You'll fail. You'll never be all that God wants you. I don't care how good you can be. You'll never even approach what you can be if you let the Word of God and prayer have its rightful place in your life. Father, we thank you this evening, Lord, that you taught us that we can come to you and that we can pray, Lord, to be delivered from evil. And Lord, as we just look at these few simple illustrations from Scripture, Lord, as we recognize and look at ourselves, we realize that we all need to be delivered from evil. That's why we have to come to you and seek repentance or seek uh, forgiveness in the first place because, Lord, we have we failed. We are sinners. But, Father, I pray this evening that as we seek that forgiveness for our sins and we endeavor to be better people, Lord, that we realize that day by day that the enemy doesn't go away just because we become a Christian. He's still out to destroy us. And I pray, Lord, that as we pray and seek, uh, Lord, that help from you to be delivered from evil, Lord, that we'll recognize all these areas that the evil one works in our lives, that he'll try to, uh, to, to, to bring us down. Lord, I pray that you would help us as Christians to be aware, to be careful. And when we see that there's an area where the, that Satan is working on us in a certain area, it might be in, in what we're looking at, it might be in what we're saying, it might be in what we're, what we're thinking, how our, the opinions, the things that we're trying to do. It might be, Lord, just something that we're trying to uh, to to get too close to what is wrong and uh, even the appearance of evil is there. Father, might be in what we're thinking of other people, but in all these areas, we just pray that you would deliver us, that you would help us, help us to be the Christians we ought to, help us to be victorious. Uh, we have an evil one that is out to make our life as bad and as miserable as we possibly can, but we know that in Christ that there's freedom, that we are set free. And I pray that you'd help us this evening to know that freedom that we have in him. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you this evening.